Welcome back to the Hoops Temple podcast. You all know me, Nathan Schwartz. Joining me from Sacramento, Aaron Schroeder. How you doing, man? Good to see you. Doing well. Doing good. What do we talk about today? We start with Kevin Durant, talk about his uh, insecurities and psychoanalyze him. Then we talk about the remaining NBA free agents that might be done for good. AKA Chris Dunn for good. Best joke we ever could have thought of. (laughs) Uh, Hope you all enjoy the episode. We have a big headline I want to go over. Yeah. Will they play again? No, we have a big headline to go over. Oh. <laughs> um, Kevin Durant is an insane person. This is, is per, the, per the Athletic. Yes, he is. Per the Athletic, says Kevin Durant tells Nets owner to trade him or fire both Steve Nash and Sean Marks, the coach he wanted and the GM that did everything he said. There's no arguing it. There's no way to spin this. This is the one of the dumbest things I've ever seen a superstar do. It's not like he got there and Nash and Marks are already doing something. He told the Nets owner, Josiah, to do this. Those were the guys he wanted. Sean Marks got James Harden, made Kyrie yeah. happen. Even like, I mean, just gave him the contracts, bought it, brought in fucking DeAndre Jordan. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and now Durant's upset for whatever reason. Maybe he's been seeing Ben Simmons shoot too many jumpers and he's like, I can't do this. Like, <laughs> there is a problem when you you give up so much empowerment to players and then you need someone to push back. And like I think I think Durant wanted a general manager to push back on Harden wanting out, but not frame him as the bad guy. I, I can't even begin to get into that. Because the the Harden thing preceding that, for those who don't know is Kevin Durant telling Sean Marks to trade for James Harden. Yeah. So I don't care what a, whatever Durant wanted about Harden, about the actual Harden trade, about Harden wanting out. I don't, it doesn't matter. Kevin, I, just, I don't like it. It's, it's also a little bit of just whiny child, you know, complains at the wind to change things. Like This also might be his ploy to get traded because he's just going to put up a ridiculous offer, basically tear down your whole franchise for me or trade me. And maybe it's just... Him being like, no, really, I'm serious. Who doesn't get along with Steve Nash? <laughs> Nash has not been a particularly great or a particularly terrible coach or really much of a coach at all. Um, yeah, Kyrie's the coach. Yeah, they're, they're all the coach over there. So who's upset? What is he upset about if Kyrie's the coach and the general manager like he had said before? Maybe that's what he means when he says we have to fire the coach. Just get, the, get Kyrie the fuck out of there. That's that's the idea. <laughs> I'm just, I'm thinking of a, of Kevin Durant showing up with Kyrie and James Harden and leaving with Ben Simmons and Russell Westbrook. <laughs> That's the new big three. That's hilarious. I don't I don't know if they'll make any moves just yet. I half me really thinks that they're gonna bring him back. I, I still just think he's gonna come back. In part just because I don't know where you can move him. I think the cost is too high to even get a reasonable deal. Whatever team that gets him is going to be gutting him. They'd no longer even be a contender. They'd be better off not even trading for him. Yeah. I it's mean, the Rudy Gobert issue. Rudy Gobert ruined the trade market. Well, it's, it's not just that, but like you can't get value for someone this valuable. Yeah. You, you know, there's this whole thing about how much players make and the salaries. And then every now and then you'll see like a smart economist do like, hey, what was the value of LeBron James to Cleveland? Mm-hmm. Uh, and he'll like 
do you know complex math and stuff and be like, oh, actually, LeBron James had like an eighty million dollar economic impact for the Cavs per year. So like his salary should have been eighty million dollars as opposed to thirty million when he was on the Cavs. And you're like, huh. yeah. all right, it's the value of some of these players because you got limited roster spots and you've got limited time you can place on the court. Like you're just not going to get it. The value is maxed out. For usual trades, some some teams have value that like they think this guy's worth X and Y, and the other team thinks he's worth X, Y, and Z. But for Durant, mm-hmm. every single team has to give up the entire alphabet mm-hmm. to get him, and I just I just don't think it's going to happen. Because even though like, what would the Suns give up? It'd be Bridges, um, Aiden, and picks. And at that point, it's like okay, we have Booker, Durant, and Chris Paul. Like, is are we even better? Is this better? I mean, probably, but is it enough to also depart with like the four first round picks they might have to do as well? I believe you left out Jay Crowder in there, the the man that you uh, and- untouchable. <laughs> He's untouchable. <laughs> you hated us last pod for for I know. Jay Crowder, man. I, I, I know. I was, and th- I, I was pandering to you guys because I was like, okay, three and D wings. Like, let's get into it. And I mentioned like one of the better ones, and you just killed me for it because you're siding with the enemy. <laughs> Siding with Dylan. All right. Well, we've covered Durant. We have a special. Ha- have we idea. covered Durant? What else do you want to say? What else could we say? <laughs> the value's high. He's pretty ridiculous. Kyrie Irving burns Sage for fun. It's fair. I just I wanted to make one point about when Kobe demanded his trade from the Lakers, and uh, the yeah. Lakers like would bring deals to Kobe, and they're like, hey. We're trading to Detroit for Tayshawn Prince and Rip Hamilton and every other valuable ass. And he's like, no, I want to play with Rip. And it's like, cool, you're not going to Detroit then. Uh. <laughs> hey, it's the same thing for Chicago because they said, we're going to get Luol Deng in this deal. And Kobe yeah. said no, which is insane <laughs> that Luol Deng and his incredible values stopped the Kobe trade from happening. Kobe wanted to play with Luol so bad. I know. Flakers are still paying for that. Actually, I think yeah. I think the stretch finally came off the books. That was an unbelievable summer. That was one of the first summers I like really buckled down because that was a long time ago at this point. Sixteen into like into basketball, and I remember just being like, "What the hell is happening? <laughs> like, what yeah. is going on?" I just remember that like people trying to in like in the in the comments of these threads, people trying to reason why um, Timofey Moskov had all things leadership was worth 20 million dollars a year <laughs> that's just oh my god what's wild is now if we think about 20 million dollars a year it's like yeah it's a marginally bad contract yeah but hey that's what Mozgov was making that lakers team is so bad all right so you got a topic for us yeah we talk about nba free agents most importantly some of the ones that might be done some people that may not be on rosters some notable players that may have played their final moments in the NBA. I'm interested. You broke this into three tiers, you told me. Role players who we might just be saying goodbye to. You've got former stars that are are out the door. And you've got high draft picks that uh, just can't seem to find a place. Yeah. Where do you want to start? I want to start with Taco Fall. That's a good one. That's a good one. I think it's over. I think the Taco Fall experiment might just be done. I can picture him getting like a fifteenth man role, but I don't. I just don't see him. And we knew this going in. He's never going to play significant minutes, even ten minutes a game, ever on any team. He's he's like a novelty player. Yeah, sells tickets. Do you know how many games he has played since being drafted, or uh, I guess going undrafted, joining the league in 2019, 2020? I think he's probably played like twenty games. 
37. Yeah, I, he appears occasionally. But again, like he, he only can be, it's a weird conundrum, he only is going to be on good teams that play him in the ending moments of a blowout win. But he's never going to yeah. see the court if you're losing all the time. <laughs> yeah. I guess in a way know- it could be bad teams that are getting blown out, but still. Yeah, Boston, Boston, Cleveland. Do you know how old he is? 27? Yeah, he'll be 27 next season. Yeah, because he, he went through all four years of college because he needed extreme development in his uh, coordination. Yeah, just sad. Yeah. Sad that he won't be in the league. All right, who else you got? Let's do role players first. Role players right. first. Yeah, how about yeah. The, how, and correct me if these guys have been signed. I was just on the, the free agents website, but I, you know maybe things change. I have a DJ Augustine. Pretty good point guard for a long time. Maybe he'll, maybe he'll find a spot at the very end, but I'd be over. He, you know, he actually might be a good option for Denver. I like. I mean, I like it. I've been toying around with writing an article for Hoop Social um, mm. about you know why I think Denver has a legitimate chance to win this year, and, and they've got two holes in their roster, and one of them we're going to discuss later. But one of them is is that backup point guard after moving off Monte Morris, like you know Bones Highland. I think is going to be good next year. Could provide that spark off the bench. But I wouldn't mind seeing them pick up like a third string that's just competent. Uh, and that that could be DJ Augustine. Totally could be. If he makes his way onto Denver, he's off this he's off this pod. Yeah. All right. Who how about uh, Cheveriza? One of my favorites. The 3 and D legend? The 3 and D legend hasn't been good since 2017. Hey, keep getting them checks, Trevor. Somehow still on rosters until, until last year. I think when you're one of the worst players and also hurt on one of the worst teams in the league, and your oldest shit, probably not gonna probably not gonna work Damn. out next season. Damn, that's just so <laughs> mean. All of the all of the words that came out of your mouth were so mean. I apologize to Trevor. I just can't do it. Can't I mean, do it. Average, this guy's averaging ten points per game last like, you know, about a season ago. He can average ten points per game in China. He's done. How about Eric Bledsoe? No, you can't be telling me Bledsoe's gone too. You don't think so? I mean, I just I don't know. I'm not sure. Listen, I I went very hard at Bledsoe going to um, wherever he went to last. So the pellet just just it being a horrid horrid deal, and like you you need to pay a first just to take Bledsoe. But that said, like he can be a serviceable backup, and just you know, I mean, if he's like a 10, 15 minutes a night guy that like keeps the team the ship afloat you know brings the ball up and just doesn't make dumb turnovers like that that can be blood so on some team right you don't like his uh 4.2 assists and 2.1 turnovers last game last season Oof. i mean that's not good that's not what you just described it's not good it's not good but that's also a bigger role than what he had or than than what i think he should have like he's at 25 minutes per game you trim that down i think this 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 section could be renamed Role players that might be done, but also might be the 14th guy or 15th guy. Because, you know, maybe someone will sign him. But like the, the, their days of being super impactful are are done or within a season of being done. Thus far, you've named a bunch of guys that were starters in the past couple of years who definitely shouldn't be starters. But, you know, I, I'm thinking maybe like late career Richard Jefferson, um, uh, where yeah. like, hey, he had a role in the finals. And, and like that was wild because he was probably a guy that we were saying should have been out of the league or was kind of like those last couple of years Lakers signs of guys that are way too old. Um, and I don't see why Trevor Ariza couldn't have like a, a two-week stretch at just the right moment 
that everyone's like, oh my god, Trevor Ariza. No, Trevor Ariza. Don't sell me on this. Give me the Eric Bledsoe. You just replace it with Eric Bledsoe and then we can continue having the conversation. (sighs) Your hatred of of Ariza has just blinded you. My issue is he was on the Kings and he was horrible. And then we traded trash franchise. I know, but we traded him. We traded him to Portland for something. I forget exactly what it was. I could not believe that we had Trevor's ahead trade value. That we tricked some poor team into taking him. And he was horrible for them too. And then he was horrible on Washington. And then he continued to be horrible. And I'm I'm not mad at him. I'm mad at the game. I'm not it's not a him. It's not a him thing. You trade him with Winion Gabriel. And Caleb Swanigan for Kent Bazemore, Anthony Tolliver, and two second-round draft picks. Yeah, there's value there. I can't believe that happened. <sighs> Got two seconds out of Trevor Reza. Also, rest in peace, Caleb Swanigan. Yeah, I saw that. That's really sad. Um, I have another guy, someone who has not had a positive VORP or box plus minus since 2017. Oh, man. I'm, how am I going to talk into keeping him in the league? Who is it? Avery Bradley. No, he can leave. Yeah, he's going. Yeah, I, I figured you were going to defend this one. <laughs> I mean, like, what is there to defend? He's an undersized shooting guard that can't shoot. <laughs> that can't shoot. That's supposed to be a good defensive player that also doesn't really play defense. I mean, sounds like the perfect Laker. What's crazy is that he shot 39% from three last year, which would put him as the best shooting Laker outside of LeBron James, maybe including LeBron James. That's I live. My team's really, really dark next year. That's really bad. I have four straight big men that I think should be done. I could see them getting some of them getting two of them getting maybe one of them getting a 15th spot. But I think three of these guys should be done. Can I guess? Yeah, please do. Um, one of them's got to be Udonis Haslam. I had him in a different tier. Okay, that was he's in the notable ones, but that is that is that is correct. Are, are any of these guys former stars? Because there's like a whole list of former stars. No, I don't think any of these guys have all-star appearances. No, maybe I think one of them does. All right, Willie Colley-Stein. No, he was a, he is in the young guys that are surprisingly gone. Tierra Tristan Piera. Thompson. Yes, that is one of them. I don't think Tristan Thompson should be near basketball next season. There's two years of difference between Tristan Thompson and Willie Colley-Stein. That's crazy. Really? Are you shooting? <laughs> Thompson, Thompson came in young. I like. I, yeah. He's had a long career. I, I don't think he was straight from high school, but I think he was a really young freshman to, to NBA. He's one of those bigs. I mean, he's playing for the Bulls and watching him. You're, you're thinking, I don't think just going small and getting destroyed inside would be that bad. If we could just have someone who could shoot from outside two feet. And it's not like he's this great rim protector either, because he's quite undersized. He's just kind of out there. It's like in two it's like in two K where it makes your it makes makes your lineup for you and makes you have a center even if you don't want to have one. It's like ah, Tristan Thompson has to play. You're like, ah, all right, huge fan of that. No, that's why I go through and I change my players' positions. <laughs> that's the strategy. Yeah, Andre, Andrea Barniani, he's my shooting guard. I'm not yeah. playing that man at center. Not doing it. Can't play defense. Shout out to 2K14 when I played 30 years into the future with mm-hmm. Andre Iguodala, Josh Smith, and Andrea Bargnani. That's a good squad. Best years of our lives. All right. <laughs> Any other swings at the next three? Oh, men? my gosh. Well, I was assuming that these were going to be Dwight Howard, DeMarcus Cousins, LaMarcus Aldridge, but you're saying yeah. they're in a different those, those are in the, Yeah, we, we'll get to those. We'll get to those. Okay. Definitely done. And is freedom. 
Yes, he's done. Gotta be done. I mean, the the politics plus the horrible basketball play makes him pretty much unsignable. Yeah, no one's interested. If, if he was good, people would sign him. But no one's interested in like the head case and not that I disagree with his politics necessarily. But he's not worth the shitty defense and not playing. I'll straight up disagree with his politics. Did you see what he said about Brittany Griner? I have no idea. I haven't been following. Please tell me. Bet she wishes she could hear the American anthem now. Shouldn't have protested. Yikes! Damn, I take it back. Right? All right, never mind. That's horrible. This woman's about to spend nine years in a Russian prison, which I'm yeah. going to guess is a pretty shitty prison. Not that as an American, I can really talk about shitty prisons because we don't really have a great prison it's system. It's going to be right a bad now. prison. It'll be a bad prison. We can, we can, yeah. It's going to be pretty shitty. Um, but yeah, he's, you know, like, hey, there, there's some valuable things that Ennis does. Like, you know, hey, calling out. LeBron for some of his China takes like, yeah, the, you know, those I get it. I also get like you're in China and you're trying to have a business deal. Like maybe you don't speak out against the Chinese government while in China. That's probably that's a smart. Lot, yeah. It's a lot safer to say that from across the, across the ocean. He's done. He's done. He's done. Yeah. Um, gosh, who else? Um, I don't want to say Montrez Harrell because I think his his not being signed is more of a pending federal or pending uh, criminal charges thing. That is true. I did not include him. Okay. Hmm. Um, Cody Zeller? No, Cody Zeller will be at the league. He'll be fine. He's not in the league yet? Yeah, he'll be. He'll find, he'll find somebody. Where's he going to go? It's someone that needs, you know, because you're talking about the starting center for the Hornets last season. <laughs> yeah. You're talking about the starting small forward for the Lakers this time. <laughs> All right, my Zeller? other ones were wait, wait, Greg Monroe. Sorry, Zeller. I spoiled one of them. Zeller. Last season, he played 27 games for the Portland Trailblazers, averaging 13 minutes per game. Who is the Hornets? Who am I thinking of? Uh, you're thinking of Miles um, or Mason oh, Plumley. 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 Yeah. Okay, Listen, never mind. I, 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 was, I, I was totally mixed up. The the Plumley, um, it's Mason Plumley. Yeah. Mason Plumley is good. Cody Zeller is bad. <laughs> yeah, Plum, okay, or, okay. Zeller has not played more than sixty games in the past five seasons. He's gone 27, 48, 58, 49, 33, and his minutes are trending downwards. He's five points. Like, I don't know if Zeller's back. There is a universe where Cody Zeller is the number one overall pick in that twenty thirteen draft. If I'm still thinking of the right guy, yeah. Right, yeah. Is that right? Am I or am I mixing up my, my plumpies again? That's the Anthony Bennett draft. It was a yeah. lot of talk about him or Alex Len. Uh and then Cleveland just drove the car straight into a ditch and chose Anthony Bennett. I, I wonder if, if yeah, that, I mean that's that that's gotta be the worst. I mean, that is the worst pick ever. Because even any other bust around him usually gets hurt, Greg Oden and whatnot. But Greg Oden was good at basketball. Yeah. Anthony Bennett is just horrible. Was it? Um, I want to say it was like Rudy Larusso. No, he had a he had a solid career. The Blazers yeah. had another um, pick. They're like first number one pick that they got back in the seventies. Hmm. Who was also just heartbreakingly bad. I'm trying to. I'm trying to think. It, it like makes me wonder so much to think like they had this terrible experience and then they drafted Bill Walton and then they got great. Like at some point, you got to learn this, my guys. Like. Stop! Oh, and Sam Bowie in there, like, yeah, like they've had this history of getting you know really good picks that just don't pan out. The second pick, uh, it was um, Lou Martin. Martin. Yeah, that's a, some reason that came to mind. 
but I didn't want to say that because that could be totally wrong. That's just a, like a random name that popped to my head. I had the La, the La R. That's why I was yeah. thinking LaRusso. Yeah. Yeah. I think that the Bennett pick is honestly not criticized enough. That was the dumbest thing anyone has ever done in the National Basketball League. And I think that's, that's, that is pretty far and away because of the draft not being very good anyways. The picks behind it, you know, you could have gotten like Oladipo or Nerlens Noel. Like, it's not great. But even given that, that was an inexcusable. Okay, we've we've moved too far off. Wait, before we move back, I, I'm trying to, I, I was trying to find his G League stats um, because there was a Bennett? point like two years ago. Yeah, Bennett went to the G League. Um, and there was a point like two years ago where I was really arguing for Houston to try to bring him in. Um, because he was playing small ball five and shooting like 45% from three on like eight to 10 attempts per game or something wild. Like like he was averaging like 20 and 10 shooting most of his shots from deep. Uh, and it was just like a, a really interesting transformation. He'd also put on like a lot of weight and was up to like 380 or, or not 380, sorry, 280 or something. <laughs> like, like he had gotten sorry, that, big. I didn't mean to be funny, but that was really funny. <laughs> he, he'd gotten big and like bulky and he like... He had like some of that, like, let me set the hardest fucking screen possible, like take a guy yeah. out screen um, and then I'm going to pop. And I was like that, that with James Harden would be really good. Yeah. And that never happened. He was on Houston for a little bit though, wasn't he? Was he? Yeah, he was. I think, I think that was the last stop for him. Did they sign him and then just never play him? Yeah. He got, he got signed by Houston that year. Hmm. Never played. It had to work out how the 380 hard setting screens it, that could pop work out. I I was I could have sworn this was going to be good. <laughs> what what were his stats? Can you read us some some splits? Uh, zero minutes. Zero. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he never saw the court. All right, all right, all right. That's why I was like, okay. did he play with Houston? I don't. Then yeah, he got I signed. I can picture him in a Houston jersey, but now that I, I realize that I, I'm picturing like a photo shoot, he's never actually on the court. Yeah. Um. Okay. The two other big men I had were Greg Monroe. I think Greg Monroe's done. Yeah, he's been done before. Yeah. He comes back for a second. You're like, hey, Greg Monroe. He kind of sneakily will give you 20 points and 10 boards. And you're like, wow, Greg Monroe. But in no like, actual basketball scenario that matters, Greg Monroe's, he's not going to play. Can you name the four teams Greg Monroe played for this past season? This past season? Yeah. He was on the, he's on the Celtics. No. Is that true? When was he on the Celtics? Uh, My basketball crushed this pod. I'm just out of it. 2019, he was on the Celtics. Yeah. Who did he play? Uh, he was on the Timberwolves, wasn't he? He was on the Timberwolves for four games. He was on the Timberwolves for four games. I can, was he? Did he? I mean, no. He played for the Jazz at some point, didn't he? He played for the Jazz for three games. Part of me feels like Port, not like not Portland. Just so that he feels like they would have done some shit like that. No, no Portland time. No. And did the Bucks bring him back? Um, he never saw action for the Bucks, but I feel like he might have actually gotten signed by them for I feel, at one yeah, point. Maybe he, he was on there long ago. Okay, were the, who else is there? He was signed to a 10-day for Milwaukee and then never played. Yeah. All right, so his, his season begins by signing a 10-day for the Minnesota Timberwolves. Plays That's three games. That's right. I said that. I said that. Plays three games for the Timberwolves. Uh, then signs a 10-day with the Washington Wizards. Plays two games with the Wizards. Gets assigned to the G League, recalled from the G League, never, doesn't play again. Gets signed by the Bucks in February, never plays with the Bucks. Must have gotten cut by the Bucks because he signs in March with the Jazz. And then April 7th, he signs again with Minnesota, another 10 day, and plays one game. 
I think he's done. If it wasn't for COVID, this man would have been done like four years ago. That's true. He would have been the best player of all time in the 90s or like the mid-2000s. Great hands, soft touch, solid rebounder. He would never have to get farther than three feet from the basket. He would have, he would have lived out his dream. I think he would have brought about the the new space era much sooner if people had to watch him play that much basketball. <laughs> like, like we, you, tell me you don't want to watch Greg Monroe post-ups for 48 minutes? You know, it's it's crazy. It's so exciting. It, it's crazy to like read Sprawl Ball and like look at how, you know, basketball evolved. There's a whole chapter in there about Al Jefferson and how he's like the main. But like you think about Steph and how like basketball's expanded and people are like, nah, watching Al Jefferson was just such a shitty <laughs> experience. That we're like, there has to be something better in life. That's funny. If Greg Monroe played earlier, then absolutely we would have hit hit the Curry era much sooner. Al Jefferson is so strange because he was like 20 and 10 and then he was done. Yeah. Just a year. They so quickly, they're like, this isn't good. I'm sorry, Al. And then he went and played in China and he was not good there either. I remember thinking just a strange thought because he signed in a Chinese league, if I remember correctly, maybe Japan. And I was thinking that he's going to dominate. He's going to be the best player ever. Because I just imagine Al Jefferson, because he wasn't too far off from being like a good NBA player, just dominating inferior competition because he could just post up still. But I don't think he took care of himself and really never played a high level there. Do, do you ever listen to the Spinsters podcast? I do not. Tell me about it. Um, they did one episode. They do actually these, they do these really cool like narrative episodes um, okay. where it's basically just like someone writes a cool story and then reads it to you. And as someone that probably should read more but doesn't, uh, I really appreciate it. But they brought on a guy that like discussed the Chinese Basketball Association and like why don't we see more Chinese basketball players? Um, and he brought up a barnstorming team to, as like kind of his intro from the 40s that like played against the Globetrotters and the original – like a lot of those early early iterations of teams. And um, it was super cool to read about that. But like China – the, how tall would you guess the average player in the Chinese Basketball Association is? The average native-born Chinese player is? Like 6'2". Six, 6'6". Six, six. Why, wait, where are we going with this? He was like, you know, people like joke and make fun of Chinese basketball. Yeah. Um, it's not that they're small. Okay. It's that these federations snag like prodigies and take them away from local areas and like try to feed them into this funnel system. And it really dampers players' developments um, because, yes, these prodigies get to play each other. But then, like, the average players never have to play someone good because, like, they've snagged all the best players from these areas. So instead of like you having to compete and try to get better to play someone, like, if someone was good, he's gone from your area and they, they like keep a really tight, like, funnel on these players. Um, and so it, it just stunts all their player development that you don't have like good 14 year olds and like playing each other because they're all like dedicated to this national program. That's very interesting. You totally got me with that because I was ready to say they're not good because they're short. It, it I was, look like an it, idiot this entire pod. I hope no one just listens to this one because I've been wrong over and over again today. <laughs> it, it was it was an eye opening experience. And like because yeah. I, I would have been right there with you if I had not listened to this story. How does this factor into Al Jefferson not being good? Because I just had, I, I had to explain. Someone has to explain that. He should have dropped 50 a night. I mean, there are apparently a lot more tall Chinese people than we thought. <laughs> so he wasn't great. able to just go over there and be taller than everyone. That's unfortunate. 
All right, we should move on to the next category of the young guys that are probably done after just not very long. High draft picks out of the league. I'm interested to see who you've got for this because I was kind of looking through the remaining free agents. I didn't see a lot of young guys other than my man Isak Banga. They're not necessarily young. They're just NBA I don't think they're over 30. Um, But at the same time, they're... They were high picks that usually would play longer than they have. This was, okay. I, I will give you the draft pick and let me know who it is. This is the. Chris Dunn. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> that's exactly <laughs> what I was going to say. <laughs> Here's the only name that I saw. That meant, yeah. Like I was looking through this, through a list and I was like, who does Aaron even have for this? Uh, the fifth Chris pick. Dunn. Fifth pick got them Jimmy Butler. Yeah. He's done. He played 14 games, 24 minutes a game for Portland, seven points, uh, six assists, four boards, which isn't bad, but the season before that, four games, uh, shot 8% from the field for the Hawks. Not ideal. Not an ideal shooting split. Wait. 8%. Did you say eight? Yeah. Like zero, eight? Yeah. Like one, two, three, <laughs> four, five, six, seven, eight? Yeah. Well, he took three shots a game and made 0. 0.3 of them. Like a number that is three higher than his draft position. Eight. Yeah. Well, he was. He went one for twelve from the field that season. Oh my god. It's, it's not ideal. Uh, o of two from deep. Um, I mean, it's, it's four games in forty five minutes, so we can't crush him. But um, he's played. No, in, I'm a, I'm a crush him. Uh, go ahead. Two, he's played in two hundred forty five games, and I just, I you know, obviously you can make the argument he might be the fifteenth guy, but that's done. Nah, that's funny. All right. Um. Uh. He he got some playoff reps that season too. You want to check those playoff stats? Oh my god, that's not good. He played five games in the playoffs. This is and like one the, for five. The Frank Nitakina experience where the Knicks kept putting him out there. Like, come on, be good. He never was. He never was. Although interesting enough, kind of figured it out with Dallas just a little bit. Yeah, I mean Frankie Smokes is like the perfect comparison because they're both really strong defensive players whom you wanted to develop into ball handlers and shooters because like in theory they have the tools, they have the package, they have the the length and the athleticism to play in the NBA. They just can't do what? the basketball. That's pretty important. Usually basketball players <laughs> do the basketball, they I think that's probably holding them back. <laughs> you don't say. I really thought Atlanta was going to be the perfect spot for him because he can be the 100% defensive guy while Trey Young just cooks on offense. And when that didn't work, yeah, you're right. There's just no real landing spot for him. There really isn't. All right, the next guy is is 30, and he was the 11th pick in the 2013 draft. Ooh, the 11th pick, so two above Giannis. Is that Michael Carter-Williams? That is Michael Carter-Williams. Yeah. Yeah, probably done. Shot below 40% from the field on a really bad Orlando team last year. Four, four boards, four assists. Yeah, of course, 15th guy. But it's, 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 uh, it's coming to a close for Michael Carter-Williams. I feel like if I was him, I would want it to come to a close. Just, you know, I mean, you only have so many more years as like an athletic player. The NBA is just not going to happen. Like, this is your time to try to jump to Europe and try to get – I mean, if I was him – and his agent, I would jump to Europe and try to get a one-year deal and just just see what I can do in Europe and then try to re-sign for a lot more money. I think it's a better strategy than what he's doing now. In the past um, five years, he is shooting 37% from the field. 
That's not good. These are depressing. This is a depressing pod. Yeah. Just, just horrible statistics. I thought the last pod where Bill Russell died was going to be sad, but this one is actually sad. Yeah. It's, it's just, it's the potential that once was. All right. Who, who's next? All right. Let me pull it up. I'm trying, like, it takes it a little bit because I'm trying not to be, like, overly clicky and clacky with my, um, with my mouse and keyboard, but. Can I give you a name? Yeah, please. Seku Demboya. Yeah, I feel like I never knew much about him, but every time he was mentioned, people would be like, yeah, he's going to be pretty good. He's fun and talented, and I just never really materialized. It's hard because I'm actually really big on Seiko Deboya. Um, I thought he was going to be really good. I still think there's a chance for him to develop, and he is just turning 22 next season. Wow. So like, like there is still time. Uh, where, where was he drafted? He was the 15th overall draft pick. Um, and like, we knew he was raw. We knew he was two years away from being two years away and he never really got a chance to, to shine. That's the ultimate name for this pod is, uh, Bruno Caboclo. Ooh, no, Bruno signed. For who? Uh, was it Boston? Someone just signed Bruno. Don't say this to me. That's not true. Yeah. Boston signed Bruno Caboclo. Wow. I'm out of touch, Nate. I'm out of the loop. I'm the old man. If you had said Bruno was out of the league, I wouldn't... If you said he was out of the league five it. years ago, I would have believed you. He was barely in the league five years ago, <laughs> which I guess, I guess adds to the yeah. point. All right, but the next guy, only 25. He was okay. the fourth overall pick in 2017. Yeah, this is a good one. Who, who's the number one pick in 2017? Let me, what draft was that? Tatum. Tatum. So right, not, Tatum. Not, not Tatum. Um, Fultz. It would have been Tatum. Okay. If I flipped the trades and whatnot. Sure, sure. So what Fultz, Brown, uh, Jackson. Yeah. Josh Jackson. Josh Jackson played for the Kings. He was traded to the Kings at the end of last season. Um, four points a game on 34% shooting. Really not good. He has only played in 291 games, and every single season he plays in less games, essentially. He was the captain of just some of the worst Phoenix teams. It was him and uh, who's that guy on Phoenix? Dragon Bender. Yeah, Dragon Bender. Marquise Chris. Mm. Match that with. Uh, Alfred Payton and Tyler Ewis, and you get a 21 win Suns team. Oh my gosh. What, who is there? Uh, Ellie Okbogo or Ellie Oak. I'm, I'm just going to butcher that man's name again. Like Phoenix took a lot of big swings that just utterly and miserably failed around Booker. It's like, let's, let's draft this point guard. Heard Ellie. Let's draft Chris to be the power forward. We'll, Bender can be our center. He can stretch. He's, you know, got Kristaps Porzingis light written all over him. Um, got Jackson to be, you know, a versatile wing that can defend up or down. Like that was supposed to be a squad. All of those guys were supposed to be something that just utterly failed. And they ruined the end of Tyson Chandler's career. He should have been a backup big on every single contender for the last five years. And he was stuck in Phoenix with this horrible contract. Not his fault. Happy he got the bag. They paid him way too much. Yeah. I mean, they eventually caught him so that he could go sign with LeBron the year they didn't make the playoffs. Mm-hmm. Thanks. Thank you, James Jones. We'll keep taking those handouts from you. As the Lakers always do. Yeah. Yeah. It, it, do you ever hear Ryan McDonough on podcasts? I do not. Tell me about him. So he he's the GM that drafts these guys, and he like he showed up on a bunch of draft podcasts right around the, the NBA draft. And I just I just want to say maybe don't like when this guy's track record is Alex Len, um, t- like it, it, 
when he drafted a bunch of really terrible players, maybe don't bring him up for your draft podcast. That's just just should be a word of warning. Like I get it. You only have so many experts and former GMs that are willing to come on this, but just just just, just write down what he does and do the opposite. Yeah, yeah. He <laughs> he drafted Tyler Ennis. He drafted Alex Len. How about you, us? Uh, yes, sorry. Yeah. Ty- uh, no, Tyler Ennis. All right, that that that's how you know there was a bad pick. Is I didn't think it was a real name. 2014, 18th pick overall, Tyler Ennis. Um, I, I'm trying to just scroll back through because I think he was also all of the other. Like he got Booker, he got yeah, Dragon Bender. He, it's like when they have Bobby Marks, the the former Nets trade guy that that traded away all yeah. the picks. And he's like talking and trying to break down draft day trades. He's like, ah, you know, you can't grade these right away and things might change. And you're just like, no, man, <laughs> maybe maybe you can't dra- like judge these because like you did terrible. Like That's true. Nate should be a GM. That's what we're learning here. I mean, I don't want to say I wouldn't make some of these mistakes because I was way I was so in on Dragon Bender. So I at least know I'd make some <laughs> of them. I know you're bashing on this guy for taking Bender. You would have done it even picks earlier. Okay, the next guy, someone who has more of a lifespan than the other guys you talked about, and I think he'll probably continue to play, but strange career. His role is certainly smaller. A good role for him is like five minutes a game, 10 minutes a game on okay. an okay team. This is the 10th pick in the 2014 NBA draft. Ooh, 14, so the year after Giannis. He did not play for the team he was drafted by. I have no idea. This person was traded by the Sixers to the Magic for Dario Saric, a second-round pick, and Willie Hernan Gomez. This is Alfred Payton. Mm. You can't see Pat. You can't see past his hair. Yeah. Where'd your hair go? Where'd your head go? <laughs> My head went to, to Tobias Harris, and I was like, this is <laughs> unnecessary date to Tobias Harris. <laughs> That's what I should have done. Tobias Harris, he's done. If he was a free agent, yeah done forever um last season alfred payton was three points a game 11 minutes a game he started one game for phoenix we did play in 50 games 50 games at 11 minutes a game really strange spread well what's even more wild is two years ago when the knicks were good he was the starting point guard and he was, he was there. pretty competent he was their defensive you know i mean he didn't really do much other than play defense but i think there's some value in having a good point of attack defender trying to think of what team he would even make sense for if you have to do this it's probably not good it's it's not but someone will talk themselves into him and and like he has an nba skill at defense and he's not as bad as chris dunn that's true like I, i just don't get how you go from being starting point guard on a playoff team to out of the league in two years without like a catastrophic injury make it make sense i can't all right, our last guy for the young guy tier, probably my favorite one, probably the most interesting one, someone that a lot of people were very high on. He's only 24 still. He was the ninth pick in the 2017 NBA draft. The ninth pick? God. This, this is really showing my lack of knowing exact players' picks. This is an insane question. The fact that you've been playing along is really impressive. I would not be able to do this. I, I have no idea. This is Dennis Smith Jr., <laughs> Oh, man, I could have gotten there eventually. That's okay. That's okay. We're here now. I remember people being really mad at at um, New York for passing up on Dennis Jr. And, and obviously, I think that was a better pick than uh, Nitakina, but um didn't turn out. 
Yeah, I mean, one of them's still playing in the league. Yeah, he is doesn't play defense, kind of an asshole, idiot on the floor, doesn't have any... He, he has the issue of a point guard that does not score or pass the ball well. And what is that? That's someone who sits on the couch and remembers when they used to play in the NBA. Yeah, those those shooting splits are bad. I do want to point out that... from three. Yeah, career 31, just never figured out the three ball. I also want to point out that he played for Portland last season. Who, who else did I mention had played for Portland last season? Like three or four of these guys. <laughs> Portland's keeping the league alive. He's They're keeping everyone's basketball dreams. Another person I wrote down who played for Portland last year, I think played for Portland last year. One second. Just double checking for the, the audience at home. Yeah, Ben McElmore. He'll be in the league still. He has valuable skills. He can really shoot the ball. He, yeah, I mean, if you can shoot the ball, you're good. Yeah, but um, disapp- just disappoint, kind of similar with to a Dennis Smith. A Dennis Smith, Ben McElmore, starting backward, I would pay thousands of dollars to watch that for a full season. I think just there's enough see. people that would pay money to not see that, <laughs> that they would outweigh however much money you're willing to put towards I it. just want to see it so bad. I want to see like just five assists per game between both of them, 50 points a night on 25% shooting. So you and I have had a back and forth conversation on true shooting added. That's true. But do you want to know what his total true shooting percentage added is? Please tell me. And for listeners that don't know, the way that this stat works more or less is it takes how many shots you've shot over the year and what your true shooting percentage is, kind of multiplies it by that to see, you know, hey, how many points did you add to your team's value or how many points did you take away from your team's value? Uh, And his career, he's at negative 410 points. And how many games played? 216. That that is a whole lot of inefficiency. Uh, That is 5,152 minutes. Of nothing. This this man has averaged over the course of his career. He's averaged twenty four minutes per game, and his net scoring is worth negative two points per game. Basically, I also want to note that he was very upset that Luca was getting the ball his rookie year or Luca's rookie year, and it was traded more or less because of that, mm-hmm. which is just one of the ballsiest things I've ever heard someone doing. Hey, I mean, way to vote on yourself, and in a way, I think that's the right call, but he's like, me or him, and they kicked him to the door so fast he couldn't even finish his sentence. Is there any historical parallel that that makes you think of this? Because I've got one. Um, Here, go ahead, and I can try to think. Smush Parker. That, that, I forget it was 06 or 07, but he gets to the Lakers, and he's like, yeah, Kobe and I, we're one of the top backcourts in the league. Kind of the same way Deion Waiters and Kyrie Irving were like, yeah, we're one of the best backcourts in the league. Except for they, they were both <laughs> flawed. And this was just Smush being like, nah, I'm, I'm, I'm really good. I got this. And he dropped 20 points per game in both of his first two games. And the only other Lakers to do that were like Shaq, Kareem, and Elgin Baylor or something wild. And he's like, yeah, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to be a Hall of Famer now. And Kobe was like, punk ass bitch, get out of here. And boom. Uh, Smush played not much more after that. Like, like it was just just total disconnect of of player to ability. I have a good one. Okay, I have a great I have a great one. Let me just double check on everything because I want to get the win total of the team prior down. In two thousand three, the Cavs won seventeen games. Okay, and I believe it's Darius Miles and a few other of them, the other idiots that played for this team. Um, Larry Johnson or not Larry Johnson? What am I thinking of? I don't know why I said Larry Johnson. 
edit that part out. <laughs> Ricky Davis. Darius Miles and Ricky Davis talking to reporters about how LeBron is just another one of those guys. They don't have to prove it to the rest of them that he can play with the big dogs. Oh, my God. <laughs> Darius Miles is traded the next season. <laughs> That's so funny. Uh, Ricky Davis did not last long either. <laughs> you should, <laughs> I just crack up. That's so funny. Teams, players need to realize, like, your franchise has one guy. And that guy... And your future with that franchise is about sucking up and getting good with that one guy. And if you do it, you can have a long career. And if you don't, good luck. One of my goals for a project of mine, if you follow my TikTok on possible chairs, I do graphs sometimes, like basketball graphs, which are really cool to look at. I want to graph the Ricky Davis effect. Because I know that every single time he joins a new team, that star player gets much worse, whether it's Paul Pierce or Garnett or LeBron. Everyone plays well as soon as Ricky Davis leaves them. Just like like a negative player impact. You can, you can see it in every single player's chart on their production. When Ricky Davis enters their life and when he leaves, there is a, just a valley of Ricky Davis. <laughs> I'll have to look into this. I wonder if that's because he's like just good enough that the teams can talk themselves into guys. Like I think it's just a like, general misunderstanding of how uh, how basketball, what good basketball players even look like. That's fair. That's fair. In the mid 2000s cuz everyone's an idiot back then. Yeah. All right. G- give me the stars that you think are done. And I'm going to tell you what teams I want them to sign with. I think Carmelo Anthony's done. And before you tell me what team, before you tell me a team, one second. This is one of the weirdest endings for a career, for like a Hall of Fame career. He's hung on for a long time. I don't think anyone cares that he's done. I have one team. Go ahead. Go ahead. Denver. Yeah, I actually kind of like that. I think right? Denver just fits everyone. Everyone fits on Denver with Jokic and the piece they have around him. God, I could picture him. Just, I don't know. I just don't think it's worth it. I think the idea of what Carmelo could be is really fun. But if he takes two, just two unnecessary shots at the end of games, his value is negative. You don't play him at the end of games. You let, you let him come home to have one final year in Denver. We're going to have to figure out the number situation because he wore 15 and now Jokic is wearing 15. It's going to be a little bit of a, a kerfluffle, but Carmelo can shoot the shoot the ball well. Yeah. Those last couple of years, he's, he's been doing a lot better job of lower volume, higher efficiency, three-point shooting. And he gives Denver the one thing that they don't have other than a backup point guard. So TJ Augustine uh, and now, now Carmelo Anthony. With someone who can kind of get his own bucket, you know, when you give Jokic a few minutes of rest, uh, and you can play him with a lot of really good defensive players, it's not going to make a difference. He's not going to pass to them either way. So I mean, you can put him out there <laughs> with KCP, with um, Bruce Brown, with Aaron Gordon, um, with DeAndre Jordan, who he's tall, he can stand by the rim and maybe protect a little bit. He's got no athleticism, but. You're going to tell me uh, that the Nuggets are contenders, but they are going to play Carmelo Anthony and DeAndre Jordan at the same time. I, I I'm at the same that time, I, he's like a stopgap when you have to rest Jokic and Murray and Michael Porter Jr. And maybe maybe you keep Michael Porter Jr. out there and you go small. You have Gordon at the five. I get it. I get it. I think it's a nice way to end his career as well is to let him have uh, one final season in Denver where it all began. And I agree. You know, try to try to be that veteran presence. I think it's really cool. I think that'd be a great idea. You know how VORP is value over replacement player. Yeah, you're you're describing the replacement player. 
Yeah. That's what he's going to be. He is the he is the zero that doesn't go below go into the negatives basically. Well, and when they did their trade, um, you know, giving up Will Barton hurts because Will Barton has a little bit of like he can create his own shot. He can do a little bit more than any other nugget other than than Jokic and Murray. Um, and, and like that should have been his role as an off the bench. Let me get you by for five minutes while we buy this team, buy our stars five minutes of rest at the same time so they can enter the fourth and like go ham. Uh, and, and like, I think Carmelo can do that. I think Carmelo can buy you five minutes of rest here. You sold me on the Carmelo to Denver. I don't know if Denver even has a roster spot open, but do they? Let me check on that. Um, oh. I mean, I love it. I think that would be fairly well, but I have one request is that he has okay. to get the cornrows back mm. and go back there. Can't go back there with regular hair. I think that's fair. If he's going to go back, he needs to needs to re-embrace the cornrows. Yeah. All right, guy number two, and I know you'll have you'll have places for this guy because what he does is valuable still. Um, and I, out of all of these guys, I think he's probably the most likely one to still play if his body allows him to or his mind allows him to. Um, Lamarcus Aldridge. There was an interesting rumor out about Lamarcus Aldridge that he's just waiting for the KD saga. To to kind of resolve itself, and then he's going to go sign wherever KD is. Yeah, well, there, that's where he's going to go, Brooklyn. I don't. I think he'll wait till KD actually gets moved. But uh, it, it just you know, someone like him, whatever team gives up, whatever they're going to give up, they're going to give up quite a bit. So he he kind of makes some sense in a, in a lot of places. You had mentioned a few pods ago, and I loved this for Lamarcus in Philly. Yeah, so good. If he's willing to be a minimum contract, he, he could he could be good there. Yeah. All right, we're continuing our trend of tall people and nets. Any guesses? Well, they already signed Nick Claxton, uh, so this this has to be Blake Griffin. It's Blake Griffin. Such a good NBA player in his prime. Mm. Someone who is destined for the Hall of Fame, and he's. I, I think it's. I think it's done. I, I. I. I can't imagine him. The Nets are playing him out of like necessity, and it's just a lack of live bodies that won't actively just lose them games. The body, you know, his athleticism gets worse and worse with age, and um, it's a weird role. It's like Grant Williams, but worse. And what is that? You know, who needs that? I'm trying to think of what would be a good situation. I think there's a potential for him in Milwaukee. To... It's, it's the good teams, Milwaukee and Denver, that he could just yeah. plug, plug and play. Yeah, and I am kind of interested to see if, depending on how the KD saga shakes out, because I think a lot of these guys – are really kind of waiting in the wait and see mode because you've got maybe one, two more bites at the apple to win a championship. And that means so much to the Carmelos, to the Lamarcus, to the Blake Griffins that they really want to see if one team can shake out as the title contender. And then even if even if they're getting five minutes every other night, like that's that's where they want to go. Yeah. I think we should make a rule is if the only place for these guys is the best team in the league that makes up for every single one of their flaws and why they're a bad player now, they're done. If that's, that's the only <laughs> way that may, it makes sense, or it's like, sure. oh, they went to Milwaukee and guys could shoot, score, pass, rebound, and defend around him, he'd be fantastic. That is a, that's a very fair thing to say. Is If you have to cover for every one of their weaknesses, then they're probably a bad player. They're probably done. All right, another, another tall person continuing the trend. Centers are just on the way out. We don't need centers anymore. Mm, another tall center that Dwight Howard. We'll go with it. That's the I didn't have him. He wasn't the name I was thinking of, but we can go there. Honestly, I I think he should. I think he should hang it up and just walk away. I think he should have hanged it up after he won the chip with the Lakers. 
he has way too many child support payments to cover to hang it up now. Well, then I guess he's going to sign with the Lakers again because, you know, we need another big, I guess, maybe. No, I guess we got time. You know, he's, he's, he is serviceable. And I think more than Blake Griffin, he does do stuff. He does the basketball things. He kind of rebounds and defends and can catch lobs. And there is value in that. I low-key kind of want him to sign in Phoenix. Kind of a JaVale McGee replacement? A JaVale McGee replacement, a what almost was but wasn't um, with him and Chris Paul together or because of the, the David Stern blocking of the trade. Like Paul makes centers look good that don't look good other places. You know, I mean, DeAndre Ayton. DeAndre Ayton, Bismack Biombo. Two very comparable players. Yeah, I, I think he could have one more really nice year. And I'm not 100% sure that they're keeping DeAndre Ayton. Like they signed him, um, so they got to wait a while before they can trade him. But I, I think he might still get traded before the year's out. Yeah, they signed him, but almost just to not lose value. Yeah. Just instantly, you know, because they would have lost him for nothing. And that's just dumb management if you allow that to happen. We all kind of discussed in the last pod how I guess maybe Dylan and I, I don't know if you're you're in the camp, but we're decently big Miles Turner people. And I think you could get to the deadline and say, hey, um, give us Miles Turner and maybe some other pieces. And like it's a step back for Phoenix, but it it's it's getting something for him as opposed to nothing, which would have happened if you just didn't sign. The shooting I feel like would work really well. I mean, DeAndre Aiden can, has moments where he just owns the paint. I don't think Miles Turner is going to do that, but the Phoenix Suns could definitely be just as good in just a different way. Yeah, yeah. All right, so. the next center is DeMarcus Cousins. Mm. Nearing the end. That's who I had in mind originally. What do you think the odds are that Cousins is like two inches shorter than he's listed? He's really like uh, like 6'8". Yeah. I don't think like, so. I don't think so. I mean, he's listed as 6'10". I feel like that, that, that's what he looks like. Like there's a long history of undersized fours, like six eight fours that as soon as they lose their, lose their athleticism, they're just done. And like cousins, cousins is just a little bit higher or a little bit taller. Um, so like there's part of me that thinks he might be able to figure out how to make this work without his athleticism. He he hasn't had his athleticism for five years, and he hasn't made it work for five years. So yeah, that's kind of the issue. I mean, there there are moments where. There is a moment in the finals in 2019 with the Warriors where he was like hitting threes. And I was so upset because I was rooting for Toronto. And as a Kings fan, I don't think I'd, I would ever have watched basketball again if DeMarcus Cousins was the reason his team won a title. What if he goes to the Clippers? I think he'd fit. The, he's played for the Clippers, hasn't he? He did. He played there a few years ago. Yeah. And was fine, was serviceable. Um, That's what he is. He ended up starting during their playoff run. He is so hot headed, though, still. Yeah, but now he's got his boy John Wall there. Like we could finally get the Wall Boogie Cousins combo that we dreamed of in 2010. Woo! Yay! <laughs> <laughs> I do like him, Demarcus, for the Clippers. But we've reached the same point where if everything is perfect and everyone else plays defense for him, then yeah, be a good spot. Yeah, I mean. You'll have plenty of defenders around him. You can put him out there with Robert Covington, Nick Batum, yeah. Marcus Morris, John Wall. That I mean that that's a solid solid lineup to come off the bench potentially. Yeah, really. All right, I have two guys that are mulling retirement. Talked about one already. That's Udonis Haslam. The other, Andre Iguodala. Hmm. One of them, very good for a long time. Good recently. The other has not played. In over 500 minutes since uh, 2017, I believe. You've heard my theory 
on where Haslam needs to sign, right? I have not. Tell me. Well, it, it kind of got blown apart as soon as the Gobert trade happened. But I thought this was going to be Dwayne Wade's, you know, last coup and last kind of fu to to Miami for not letting him into ownership and you know forcing him to move out to Utah. Uh, was stealing Udonis Haslam to bring some heat culture out to the Salt Lake City. But in lieu of that happening, I say keep getting them checks, Haslam. Keep just keep staying there until till they tell you you can't. I can't believe he is on a roster or was on a roster last season. He threatened to fight Jimmy Butler. He totally did. And honestly, during the playoffs, I and we talked about this, and it's one of like the funnier moments in our podcast history is I suggested that he should check into the Atlanta series and just beat the shit out of Trey Young. And yeah, then just retire because what are you gonna do? Kick him out, it's last game. Okay. I goodbye. Did, I did not like that. I do not condone violence. <laughs> We don't condone it, but we would like to watch that. True, true. We'd be very Fair. upset and, and, and hope he gets the punishment he deserves. But also, we'd definitely watch that video a few times. Yes, yes. All right. I I guess I'm neither here nor there on either of those two guys. I don't think they move the needle one bit. Like, And this is me saying, hey, I think Carmelo Anthony could have an impact in Denver. And I'm like, I, I don't think Andre Iguodala is going to have an impact in Golden State outside of mentoring the youth, which just sign him to a coaching spot and keep keep an extra roster spot open. Yeah, that, that's the best spot for him is continuing to coach um, or starting to coach because he played a little bit in the finals and he put him out there. And even when he was in his at his best during the Warriors runs, he couldn't shoot very well. Um, he shot at a, at a decent clip infrequently and that just tanked. Year, year after year, he goes from like good shooter, average shooter, bad shooter, doesn't shoot, doesn't shoot, doesn't. Now he just isn't shooting. Do you want to know the last year that he averaged more than 10 points per game? 2013. 2013, yeah. Yeah. His last year in Denver. I, I don't think he got it in Golden State. No. Which yeah, is why, I've... I don't know, I'm not, that's the icky for Hall of Fame. Garbage is so upsetting, as valuable as he is. It, I, I mean, less than 10 points? Come on. Yeah, it's really funny because like Iggy um, and my matrix doesn't quite know how to deal with players like Iggy um, because it, it like would look at his like uh, his Philadelphia years and be like, ah, this is a really good player. And then would also look at his winning and be like, ah, he won a, won quite a bit. Um, and it might actually even out to being a Hall of Fame player um, just just by the matrix and how it looks at things. It's not ridiculous because it's, I mean, he, you could make the argument, but. He does have a hundred career win shares, which is. Yeah, it's a lot. It's a hard mark to get. I, I think it's pretty darn close to Joe Dumars. It is, uh, if we're combining playoff and regular season win shares, he is the 84th highest in NBA and ABA history. So, you know, I mean, it's, it's a longevity thing. Yeah. Thing for Maybe him. I'm wrong. Yeah, he is. Um. He is one person behind Kyle Lowry, uh, like three guys ahead of Hal Greer and Ben Wallace. He's Hal Greer. And Ben Wallace. And that's low for That feels wrong for both of them. Yeah. All right. It's, it's a turning of the page for these guys for entering yeah. a new era. Um, my next I, one I, is Paul Millsap. Mm, God, he was bad. Yeah, he was. Like, it, he could neither space nor defend. I feel like he's another guy that would make a pretty decent coach. Like, can we just get him in the coaching rank somewhere? Totally could. He was part of the uh, Harden trade 
sent he was yeah. sent to Philadelphia, and he was not good for either team. It was there was the thought that he could be a small ball backup five behind Embiid, and that just did not pan out. You know what Paul Millsap's height is listed at? Six eight. Six seven. Really? Yeah. Too thick to be a three, but really small for a four. You should look up. We should look up Demarcus Cousins and Paul Millsap pictures to see if they're ever sitting next to each other to see who's. It's a three-inch gap. Someone's got to be lying. I'm, I'm googling it now. Please do. I do always love it when players lie about their height, and then like kind of comes out later. Because um, like Wilt Chamberlain supposedly always lied about his height and said that he was like seven foot, uh, and he's more like seven four. Because like Kareem was actually measured, and Kareem is seven two, and then like Wilt has a couple inches on him. Wilt is just unbelievable as as an athlete to be that tall. That tall, that fast. A high jump champion. Yeah, and still couldn't win anything. I I had a thought. I mean, you might appreciate this thought about that. Yeah, go ahead. I was playing beer pong with some friends over the weekend. Awesome. Because they, they had a – we did a guy's weekend, um, went up north, did some golfing. I don't golf. Um, did some fishing. I don't fish. I was, I was really just there to hang out and drink beer. It was, it was a good time. Very cool. Um, and we're playing beer pong. And my buddies Owen and Joel – are just like this unbreakable, unbeatable combination. And they're not actually like unbeatable. Like I got it down to last cup multiple times against them. And then just just every time I'd get down to last cup and I'd miss two or three and they'd make this comeback and then they'd both sink the final cup. Or like one time, one time I had led down to like last cup and they had like five cups left and they both called island and they both hit the same island cup. And I was just like, <laughs> are you... Are you kidding me? This is the Bill Russell analogy. It's it's the Bill Russell analogy because the thing that makes this all so impressive about Russell versus Chamberlain is like the best players win in the biggest moments. And like if Russell had just blown Wilt out every year, had blown out Jerry West every year, it it, it wouldn't be different. Um, but like winning time, West has this line. I looked it up to make sure it was actually accurate because so much of that show was inaccurate. But he's like, I scored 25,000 points in my career. If I had scored 10 more points, one more basket in five different games, I'd be a five-time NBA champion. Yeah. And he he didn't. Will or Russell always came through. And that's why Russell is is top five for me all time. And yeah, you know? It's almost improbable. I think when the average fan looks at Russell and looks at what he did, they see the winning and by the margins of victory that is slim, and they just assume something is wrong. Something yeah. that they don't understand is happening to make this happen because there's no way under normal basketball circumstances that this is happening because those Celtics teams while good are playing teams usually around as good as them every year mm-hmm. and beating them. Mm-hmm. They are, it's not like 1920s baseball where there's one team winning 140 games and they're just thrashing inferior competition the the competition was there and and russell continually beat the teams that were about as good every single year absolutely well to to close i couldn't find a picture of paul Millsap next to demarcus cousins but i found a picture of kevin durant next to demarcus cousins okay where cousins looks like two inches shorter interesting then they've rearranged the lineup uh because it's like a warrior's photo op day and they put cousins like closest to the camera and Durant on the far side and Durant still looks bigger. So I, I think, I think cousins might actually be smaller than listed. Interesting. I'm, I'm, I'm looking for, theory. there's one photo of DeMarcus next to Paul Millsap that I'm looking at. 
Millsap's a little, they're right next to each other. Millsap is a, just a little, a little crouched over, but I'd probably say DeMarcus is about an inch taller, inch and a half. So he's 6'8". I'll take it. Must be. <laughs> I'll take All it. All right. We have three more guys to get through. Um, no, still just, have more guys? Just two. Just two. I have two more names, okay. man. Uh, we'll, get, we'll, we'll knock them both out. Is Rajon Rondo and Lou Williams. Ooh. Was Lou even in the league last year? Pretty sure. Who did he play for? Let me see. Oh, he played for Atlanta, didn't he? Yeah. Yeah, yeah he did. Just, just hang it up. Yeah, it's time. It's time. He was debating that. He said he was going to retire if the Clippers traded him. Then the Clippers traded him, and he's like, eh, I'll actually stay. They have that awesome 2021 run in the playoffs, and he's a pretty big part of that, um, a part of that. But yeah. Yeah. It's it's time. I, I had a conversation with my wife about how players are retiring that I remembered seeing the pre-draft hype for. So like I got into the basketball into basketball in 2000, but like you know, kind of casual. Like y- your level of attention grows, um, and I I started reading like pre-draft stuff before um, 2002, 2003. Those two drafts, and now I'm like looking at Carmelo potentially being out of the league, and it just it kind of makes me a little bit sad. Like a whole generation of players that I grew up you know reading about and spent you know uh, yeah. a decade and a half uh, are gone. Moves fast, moves fast. It does. You know who Rajon Rondo played for? Wasn't the Clippers. Wasn't the Lakers. Wasn't the Celtics. He was He was on the Lakers to start. But he gets traded. They traded him? Yeah. They were able to get something for him? They traded him for... It was a three-team trade. Lakers basically got nothing. It was a nothing trade. It was just nothing being moved around. Oh, man. Brad Newley? Wang Zlin? Uh, oh, we, those are guys that we sent to the Knicks. Um, Lakers got Lewis. <laughs> yeah, no, I. It's nothing. This is this is a nothing trade. And Denzel Valentine moved, which he should have been part one of those guys I mentioned, one of the the younger guys. That's yeah, uh, twenty fourteen in draft pick, twenty eight years old, out of the league, and I, really uh, never good. I have some stories about his time in Michigan State that I will not tell on the air, but. I will let you know after this pod once we kick the Craigs out. Please do. Rondo's are playing for the Cavs. He's playing minutes in their play-in games. I yeah, didn't that's because watch... Garland got hurt. <laughs> no, uh, Sexton gets hurt. No, Gar- Garland got hurt too. Sexton. He's playing. Se- I watched him in the Sexton, game. Sexton was out for like most of the year. Yeah, but that's but Garland why they got traded. hurt near the end of the year. That's why they traded for Rondo was when Sexton went down. And they were like, ah, oh, shit, because the Cavs are pretty good to start. Um I didn't watch, I didn't start that Cavs game. Um, I don't think I'd watched a Cavs game until that play-in game with Rondo on the team. And I, I went over to the TV, my brother's watching, and I'm like, who the fuck, sorry, who, like, who the hell is that? Who's dribbling the yeah. basketball? And Evan's like, it's Rajon Rondo. And I'm like, Rajon Rondo? And that's how I knew the Cavs were screwed, because they were playing Rajon Rondo in 2022. You missed, you missed the whole Ricky Rubio essence? No, I saw Rubio. I just, remember, I, I just don't remember. He, yeah, because I mean, he he was, he was fantastic. He does get hurt. I, I forget when Rondo shows up. I, I mean, Rondo showed up a little bit before the deadline. I take it. Yeah. Um, they move Rubio out because he's injured and not gonna play the whole year. And I just want to say, I told you so. The entire internet, anybody on TikTok, when I did my like best players to wear ninety nine, literally like a hundred comments were like, Rubio wears ninety nine. Like, nope. He's injured. Like, well, he'll wear it next year. I'm like, no, he's he's not staying in Indiana. He literally never reported to Indiana. 
He chose 99 as a joke gimmick. You told him, Nate. <laughs> all right. We are done with all those players. Those guys all might be done. I, who's Out of all those guys, who do you think is the most done? I mean, Chris Dunn. It's in his name. Yeah. Got, got to change the spell into that one. Yeah, I want to say Michael Carter-Williams, but Williams isn't a good scorer, but he was getting assists, and you know he's a bigger guard. Like, There's some value. I just... I, don't know who's picking Chris Dunn up. Although I think you know Enos Freedom is is more done, oh, and and Raymond is... Rowe is more done. But out of the guys that are less obvious, I had one last name that actually did not mention in the role players was Hassan Whiteside. Whiteside actually didn't have a terrible year. He's um, playing like really ten hate... minutes a game, though. Yeah, I really hated how Utah was staggering their lineups because basically uh, Gobert and Mitchell would play the first six minutes together or first eight minutes together. And then they'd go to this Mitchell White side um, for like the rest of the game, and they play the final eight minutes together. Um, it, it just it was a terrible, terrible lineups that I hated. But White side wasn't terrible, um, and, and I think some team will take a chance on him. He he does surprisingly well. Like when you build out one of your graphs, you should just toss White side in there and just see how many guys he's actually better than for for a large peak of his career. It's like the production was there. They're empty, meaningless it, it numbers. Was. He tricked Pat Riley yeah. into a contract. That's an impressive feat. I don't know. A lot of people tricked Pat Riley in that those years. Remember Tyler Johnson? Oh, man. Meth Curry? There, there, there was a, a bad year for Riley. Yeah. All right, man. Good stuff. Yeah. Where can the people find you? Possible Chairs on TikTok. Making videos every day. Like four a day sometimes. Check me out at Hoops Temple at TikTok. I will be done with The Matrix soon and can start reposting it. That's going to be exciting. I'm so pumped. <laughs>